You're listening to the Expert Real Estate Tips Podcast, where we give home buyers and sellers tips for saving time and money and help them avoid disappointment and discouragement when buying or selling a home. You can catch all of our episodes right here or on our YouTube channel, Tampa to Enjoy. That's Tampa, the number two, enjoy. Now, here's your host, Lance Moore. Hi, everyone. You're Tampa New Home Specialist, Lance Moore. And in this video, we're going to go over everything you need to know about buying a new home from A to Z. Whether you've never bought a new home before or whether you've bought in eight new homes before, I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of new homes versus pre-owned homes the difference and how to tell that difference between a quality home and a quantity home. Why the builder lot size and location are so important. Should you use a realtor when buying a new home? How to make thousands of dollars when you buy a new home and how to save thousands of dollars when you buy a new home. Questions you need to ask the builder to do your due diligence and what to do when things go wrong in the building process. I'm going to talk about home warranties, how to get the builder to pay for major warranty issues years after the home warranty and the builder warranty has expired. So sit back, get your pen and paper out, and let's go through this together. So let's start off with new versus pre-owned. And a lot of this is within you. You need to really determine if you're going to want a new home or you're going to want a pre-owned home. But what I want to do is just give you some things to think about and tell you some differences. And when you're buying a house, whether it's new or pre-owned, everything comes down to the cost. Now, a lot of times people just think the cost is the same as price, but it isn't. So what we're going to talk about are the three main differences between new and pre-owned homes that you need to think about. The first is the price. What's the price of the home? Does it have CDD fees? And does it have HOA fees? You also need to think about the utility cost. What are the utilities going to be? Example, if you're buying a brand new home, maybe your average utility bill might be $130 a month. But if you're buying a home that's, say, 10 years old, maybe the utility bills are $200 or $230 a month. And that's a big difference because there's a lot of differences in what's going on throughout the years on getting homes more energy efficient. Certainly, if you're looking in a new home, it's going to be more energy efficient than a home that's 10 years old. A home that's 10 years old is going to be more energy efficient than a home that's, say, 30 years old. So you need to keep that in mind. And the third thing is maintenance. What's the maintenance and what's the repair cost of the home? And when I say maintenance, I mean, are you going to have to move into the home and maybe in a a few years replace the roof or replace the HVAC system? Is it breaking down? Are you having issues? What about stuff like the carpet? Does a carpet need to be replaced because it's old? Or maybe the tile's outdated. Maybe the countertops are outdated. Or you can have to redo the kitchen or appliances. So you really just need to think about all the stuff when you're buying a new house versus a pre-owned one. All right, so now let's talk about one of my favorite subjects, quality versus quantity. 
And if you're going to hire a real estate agent, you really need to make sure this agent understands new homes, understands the process, and understands the difference between a quality built home to a quantity built home, a quality neighborhood to a quantity neighborhood. Because anybody consumers, realtors, anybody could just go out and look at homes. But do you really understand the difference of the different builders and the products they're building in the subdivisions they're building in? And that's really, really important because it's like going out and buying a car. You would hate to go out and buy a brand new car and buy a Honda and pay the Mercedes-Benz price. All right, so here we go. Now, when I'm talking quality versus quantity, I'm not saying a quantity, a tract home builder can't build a really good home. They can. And I'm not saying a custom home builder can't build a piece of junk. They can. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about the components, how the home's constructed, not only what you're looking at the outside, but what's behind the walls? What's inside the home? Let me give you an example. Um, let's take a, a subdivision where I live, and there's different builders in there. So there's one builder, and we'll say Syntax, okay? Syntax, good volume builder, and another one is Cardell. But there's a lot of differences when you're looking at them. When you look at the different builders, these two builders, there are any builders, you're looking at things like the architectural detail outside of the home. What's the setback of the home? So from the property line to where the home is. What's the roof pitch? When, um, when you look at the outside, you want to pay attention to the lot size because if they're building on a real small lot, the home's going to be longer than it is wide. If they're building on a little wider lot, the home's going to lay out a little bit better and it's going to be a little wider than it is long. Now, when you get inside the home, you want to pay attention to what's the ceiling height. A home that has, say, 12-foot ceilings is going to be a lot more open, roomy, and airy than a home that might have 9- or 10-foot ceilings. Does it have rounded corners? Does it have plant ledges? Does it have art niches? You want to start looking at the components, not just the granite countertops or the cabinetry, though sometimes this is important because when you go in a builder, and they're more of a lower-end builder, they're, they might give you tile flooring, but it's going to be the low-end tile. And if you want the high-end tile or the higher-end countertops or the nicer cabinetry, they're going to really start sticking you and gouging you for more money. So you really need to pay any attention to this. And what I do, a tip what I do when I walk into a home is I always get the builder rep and I walk in the front door of the home with my buyers and I have them start to point out things in the home. What's standard? What's upgrade? And if they say the tile's an upgrade, what level of an upgrade is it? Is it a level three? Is it a level five? Get an idea how much that upgrade is. How much are the upgraded cabinetry? How much is the upgraded uh, upgraded um say granite countertops. So you want to look at everything in the home. And then what you want to do is, I think it's a good idea to walk through maybe a home that's in construction and start looking at the quality. 
and this is where your realtor, if you're using a realtor, is really important. A realtor is going to understand the builder's reputation. They should understand how builders work, where they cut corners, and what's going on in the process with the different builders. So you want to look at things like insulation. How's the insulation in the home? When you're looking at the HVAC, you always want to look up, not necessarily down. So when you look up, are you seeing a lot of real sharp turns in the home? Uh, maybe where they're bending the ductwork and it's restricting the airflow. Is the wood, is the wood a grade one, which rarely any builder will use. That's a great grade of wood. Most builders are using a good grade of wood, a grade two, or they use a crummy grade of wood, a grade three, that has a lot of splits in it. It might have a lot of knots or bows in it. See what they're using. Are they foam filling around everything? What's their insulation like? So you're gonna wanna walk through the home, check this out. Check out the little things. You want to look in the outside of the home. You want to look in the inside of the home. And then you want to look what's the construction like behind the sheetrock, behind the drywall. You want to check all this out. And generally speaking, probably even more specifically speaking, when you get into a lot of the quantity home builders, they tend to hire the newer builder reps, the newer architects, um, they tend to get the less expensive and cheaper contractors like the HVAC people, the flooring people, etc. When you get into more of the quality builders, they tend to hire the better people. They tend to hire people that are real experienced, the really good builders, the really good HVAC companies and different contractors, the really good representatives. And this might not really mean a lot to you right now, but it's very, very important because at the end of the day, you could look at a home that's say 2,500 square feet and look at a home that's 2,800 square feet and the 2,500 square foot one just feels bigger than the 2,800 square foot one. It's because the architect was better. They're using the space management a lot better than someone who doesn't have a good architect. So there's a lot of things you need to look at. There's a lot of things you need to know. I would highly advise if you are going to be using a real estate agent, and I'm a little biased, I think you should. We're going to get into that, why it's so important and how you could save so much money. But make sure you don't just hire any agent. Make sure you hire a realtor that really understands new homes in Tampa and understands the new home process, the building process. And a lot of times in the new home, I want to say a game. It's sort of a game. It's not always just what you know but it's who you know. So I hope this helps on quality versus quantity when buying a new home. All right, so now I want to talk about why the builder lot size and location is so important when you're buying a new home. Builders work from lots. If a builder doesn't have dirt, they're out of business. They can't build. They're not a company. And lot size is very, very important. If you started noticing over the years, and looking at homes from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to even now, the lot size is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's a reason for that. Let's say that a builder has a lot and it's a 50-foot lot. 
and then they have a 60-foot lot, and then they have a 70-foot lot. Well, builders generally want the lot to be 25% of the value of the home. So let's say the 50-foot lot's worth 50,000, the 60's worth 60, the 70's worth 70. Well, average homes on the 50-foot lot are gonna be 200,000. You just take 50, multiply it by four. On the 60-foot lot, they're gonna be averaging 240,000. And on the 70-foot lot, they'll average being about 280,000. So here's a really good example. Several years ago, Lennar built in the subdivision, and they built homes on 50, 60, and 70-foot lots. Well, when you go in and you look at the homes in the 50-foot lots, you could get a 2,000-square-foot home the same as a 60-foot lot, but the difference is going to be the 60-foot lot's going to be quite a bit more money. One, the lot size is very important. It plays a really important role. Two, they upgraded the home a little bit. They did a little bit more to the home, put a little bit more into the home because they're going after a different buyer between the two. And then if you take the 70-foot lots, well, that was a major difference. You're generally not getting a 2,000-square-foot home in the bigger lot because they're wanting to build the bigger homes to make more money. So you're having homes that might start off, um, say, one-story homes that were 2,500 square feet with a three-car garage. Or maybe over here, you might have a 2,500-square-foot home in a 60-foot lot, but it has a two-car garage. Or maybe it has a three-car but that's a three-car tandem garage. So it's really important when you're looking at the new homes to pay attention to the lot size in the finish out that they're doing in each stage. So it's really important. And when you're looking at new homes, you can't really compare a builder in different locations or even different builders in different locations because everything comes down to the dirt. How expensive is the dirt? If a home's sitting near the highway, near the interstates, it's going to be a lot more expensive, generally speaking, than maybe um, a subdivision that might be a mile away, whether it's the same builder or a different builder. So keep this in mind. Keep, keep and pay close attention to the lot size that the builders are building on and the location. So now let's talk about should you work with a realtor when buying a new home and what are the advantages of working with a realtor when buying a new home. But first I want to go over how building companies actually work, how the builders, how the companies actually work. So let's assume their fiscal year end is December 31st. Every year in October and November, they're doing all their projections for the following year. They're figuring out how many subdivisions they're currently building in, how many lots they have, how many future subdivisions they might be building in the following year, how many lots they might be taking down, what's the purchase price, the average price of the homes they're selling, what's their profit margin, what's their advertising budget, what's their marketing budget, what percentage of the homes they sell are through realtors so they could add in their commissions and their sales representatives commissions as well. How much bonuses are they paying to their sales representatives or the builder? So they're figuring all this in the projections. So whether you're working with a real estate agent or whether you're not when you buy a new home, it doesn't make any difference. Everything's already figured in there. So let me give you an example. Several years ago, I had a gentleman, Dave, call me up and he wanted to buy a new home. So we're talking 
And he said, well, Lance, I'd love to work with you, but I'm going to go to the builder tomorrow because I think I could get a better deal. And I said, well, if you could get a better deal, you need to do what's best for you and your family. But before you go, just listen to what I have to say and take it with a grain of salt. So I went over how the builders work and how their budgets and projections were, and he understood that. So he went to the builder the next day. He called me up and he said, well, they're not going to do anything, so I want you to represent me. And I said, okay, great. So we set up an appointment to meet the builder rep. I went in there and I literally saved him thousands of dollars. And he couldn't understand how. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Over the next year, five years, 10 years, how many homes are you going to buy through this builder? Or how many family members, friends are you going to refer to the builder and they're going to buy a home? And he said, well, probably just this one. And I said, well, you think the builder knows that? And he said, yeah. I said, well, over the next year, five, 10 years, how many do you think I'm going to sell? I said, you know, I could sell five, 10, 40. I said, it's a lot of money to the builder and the builder knows this. And he agreed. And I said, so I'm making them a lot of money. They want me to bring my clients into them in future years. So they want to work with me as the real estate agent. I said, so if you're only going to buy one home and I could potentially sell 10 or 40 or 50 homes, who do you think is going to get the better deal? And he understood. Well, what happened? Four months later, he called me up and he said, Lance, hey, I have good news and bad news. And I'm like, okay, tell me about it. And he said, well, the good news is they bricked my home. The bad news is they bricked it the wrong color. And I'm like, oh, crud. I said, what did Rachel say? And he's like, well, they told me to come in and they're just going to give me my earnest money back. And I could either buy a new lot and build on it or... I could go off to another builder. And he was very upset. So I went and met with Rachel and then I talked to the sales manager and I said, prices have already gone up $10,000. It's been four months. He has the perfect lot. So to make a long story short, they ended up re-bricking his entire home. So if you're going to be buying a brand new home, Work with the real estate agent, whether it's myself or someone else. Pick a really good agent that really understands the new home market, that has a lot of contacts, because it's not just what someone knows, but in a lot of cases, it's who they know. And pick an agent that really knows what they're doing, because they're going to save you time. They could save you money and a lot of headache. So I hope this part helps about why you should use a realtor and what the advantages are. You have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. All right, so now let's talk about how to make money when you're buying a new home. Now, it really depends on where the builder is in the development. So let's start from the very beginning. You're going into a development and it's just starting off. There's no homes, there's just dirt in streets in the development. Matter of fact, the builder doesn't even have their model home up yet. This is the best time to buy, bar none. It's really hard for buyers to envision what a subdivision is going to be like when there's no homes. It's really hard for them to want to be the first one or two or even five or ten buyers in that subdivision. And the builder knows this. With builders, it's 
all about momentum. Think of a builder and think of a subdivision as a snowball. It starts off real small and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's how it is. So what will happen when a builder goes into a subdivision, if they don't have a model home to show, they're going to give a really good deal because they want to get some momentum. They want to get some contracts, some, some people under contract where it says sold. Now then once they get the model home up, they're going to of course raise the prices. But there's no homes that are completely built yet because they're always building the model home first. So what they're going to do is they're going to keep the prices down and then as homes start to get built, you're going to see prices increase. Now this is pretty much just how it works. I can't say and a lot of it depends on a good market and a bad market, but they're going to be increasing the prices. Then as soon as home buyers start moving in, the prices are going up and up and up. And this is just basically how all builders work because it's about momentum. They get going and going and going. So buying a home earlier in the development is the best thing you could do. Now, of course, it is what it is. So you can't really worry that they built this development a year ago and you weren't there. Maybe you weren't ready to buy. So there's some other advantages as well. If a home is a fully completed inventory, it's going to be at a better value than a home that might be partially completed or that might be at a better value than, say, a build job. Um, because you're not getting to pick everything and the builder knows this. So there's certain advantages and disadvantages. Now, if you're getting to the end of the subdivision and they hardly have any homes left and they just want to get out of the subdivision, maybe they have two homes left or maybe they have five homes left. A lot of times the builder's really going to spark a good deal because they want out. But there's a lot of different variables in this. You really need to look around and pay really close attention to where you'll get the best deal. But pretty much earlier in the process, and again, I think if you use your real estate agent, they'll really be able to spot this and really help you out. They should be able to at least. Now we're going to talk about um, questions that you need to ask builders. And, and here's the thing. A lot of it depends, again, where you are in the process. So let's say you're buying a house and let's say it's a new subdivision. There is not really hardly any homes completed there. And you're thinking to yourself, well, what's this subdivision really going to look like? Well, what you'll want to do is you'll want to ask the builder rep and say, well, where have you built before? Where has this developer built before? So give me an example the same developer that is, that is building Watersat um, down in Apollo Beach also built Miro Bay. They also built Fishhawk Ranch. So if you're going out to say, I'm just using this as an example, say Watersat, you could look at Miro Bay and Fishhawk Ranch and have a good idea of what's being built. Or the same thing, Crown Developer, who built up in Seven Oaks, um, they're building in... Um, Watergrass up in Wesley Chapel as well. So you could get an idea, find out where they've built. If you're, if you're um, newer in the process, you might want to find out where the specific person, the specific builder built before and go around and look at what they've built. Knock on doors. Never be afraid to do your due diligence. Knock on doors. 
in a new subdivision, if there's homes, knock on doors, ask them. People love talking about their homes just like people love talking about their children. So ask them. I've been out with buyers before. We'll be driving down the street. We'll stop. We'll get out of the car. We'll say, hey, who built your home? How do you like it? What, what, what do you have to say? What's good? What's bad? So do your due diligence. Check it out. Um, get your realtor to help you out in this. They should give you a lot of guidance. The builder rep could give you a lot of guidance. But definitely do your due diligence. And if you're going in, if there's multiple builders in the subdivision, say there's two, three, four builders in the subdivision, you'll go in, you'll talk to a builder. What's the difference between you and builder A? or Builder Z. You know, tell me the difference. Why are you better? What do you do quality-wise? Um, what's different about you? So find out. Just start asking a lot of questions. Um, no one's ever going to be offended. Even if you have a lot of these questions for your real estate agent, they should love getting these questions. Um, so do your diligence. Check everything out. What do you do if things go wrong? I mean, here's the thing. This, when I talk about the building process, you're going to watch everything from start to scratch, depending on where you're buying. And it's not always a matter of if things go wrong. It's just a matter of when things go wrong. So when things go wrong, the first thing you need to do is you need to obviously tell the builder rep, but you want to tell your real estate agent as well because you want them to be involved. One thing that happens a lot, and I hate when this happens, is the buyer will go directly to the builder rep. They'll tell the builder rep, and then when the builder rep basically says no, because builder reps, most of them, builders are in general, they're like two-year-olds. Everything that comes out of their mouth is no, 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 no. Um, so you want to tell your real estate agent as well. So what I'll do is I'll go into the builder rep and I'll talk to the builder rep about the issue because we want to handle it right up front. We want to take care of it right away. We don't want to wait to right before closing or a month later. So if things start to go wrong, address the issue right then. Get it resolved right then. Don't put it off. Handle it now. So this comes up quite a bit, um, the um, warranty issues with builders. A lot of times buyers go into the builders and they think, oh, well, we're getting a 10-year warranty. Okay, not really. You're getting a 10-year structural warranty, probably from a company called 210. The builder probably paid about $230 for that because 210 knows you're never going to file a claim on it. But it's the structural warranty. Um, a lot of your components, like the HVAC, the dishwasher, the microwave, stuff like that are going to have their own set of warranties that might last three to five years. And then you're going to have, with virtually every builder, a one-year wall-to-wall builder warranty that's going to basically cover everything out there. So if you have maybe a door that's um, it, it shifted a little bit, it needs adjusting, nail pops, or, or other things that happened, um, the builder will come out and fix and repair it. But after one year, you're generally on your own, but not really, because I'm going to tell you, I want to go over a little bit about what you could do. How do you get the builder to warrant items years after their builder warranty expires. And I've had this happen quite a bit. I've had builders um, replace 
granite countertops. I've had them fix roofs. Um, I've had them restucco um, homes, restucco and paint one home. So it just depends what it is. So what you want to do is let's say, for example, um, I'll use myself an example. I bought a new home and it was two years old. And what happened is I um, had the inspection. We had flashing issues on the roof. So I went to the other agent and told them, I said, hey, can you have the seller call the builder, tell, they did, tell them they did the flashing wrong and have them come out and fix the flashing. He said, well, they'll never do that. It's past the warranty. I said, just have the seller call them, tell them they did it wrong in the first place and they should have done it right and to please come out and correct it. And they did correct it. And the reason they corrected it is because they're using the same roofer. Now, if they weren't using the same roofer, they probably wouldn't have fixed it after the warranty. But if they're using the same roofer, all the builder's doing is picking up the phone, calling and saying, hey, we have an unhappy person. Go over and fix the mistake you should have done right in the first place. And it's the same thing with the stucco. It's the same thing with the roof, but it, it's not always just calling them up. It's what you say and how you say it. And you want to really word it like that. You want to say, hey, I have a roof issue. Um, I had four shingles fly off of my roof during the, during the rain and the wind, and it, they were, it was just put on wrong. Can you get your roofer to come over and fix it? And, and most of them will. If they're a reputable builder, if they're still using the same person, um, then they're going to fix it. Now, again, I've had over the years, I've had this happen on tons and tons of homes. So there is a way to get the builders to fix this. But again, don't get mad at them. Always go in with honey. Don't go in with vinegar and um, approach it in a method that it wasn't done right. You just want it corrected. So look, we're pretty much done with this new home video. If you're buying a new home in Tampa, or anywhere else. Don't hesitate to give me a call. Let me know what questions you have. And I would say, find a good real estate agent. If you're looking for a good, knowledgeable, diligent, hardworking real estate agent that's really gonna fight for you, and you're buying a new home in Tampa, give me a call. My contact information is below. We have a lot of other videos on how to buy homes, sell homes to the right. I hope this helps. I wish you the best of luck in your new home process. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for checking out the Expert Real Estate Tips podcast. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.